This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and it was a fuller football week this week. We had two games in the space of a few days. Walsall in the FA Cup didn't go particularly well and then we had Borough on the Tuesday as well which didn't go much better. But here we are, we're back again. We've got a game on Friday, three games in six days. We're hardy bees and we're going to be there to see our team play and hopefully they'll pick ourselves up from that. I'm in the studio here with a couple of the characters. Slightly more informal night to diet. It's not so much of the beer drinking and the joviality because I think, like I said, we're a little bit jaded now. I'm Billy Grant and I'm here with Mr. Dave Lane. Mr. Lane, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. As you said, a little bit, little bit jaded. Um, I thought I thought Brentford played well last night. Um, it's just I think we're just a bit 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 burrowed out to be honest. And I'm, uh, I, I think uh, before this week started um, and the, and the the, um, the Warsaw defeat, we thought this could be a really, really tricky week for us. We could, it could be two defeats and, and a cup exit. Um, and just, you know, although we played really well last night, we are looking down the barrel of, you know, possible three defeats in, in a week. So um, we need to get the energy levels back up as fans and obviously the players do. So we need to, uh, we need to be back putting in a performance like we did last night. But, you know, hopefully we can convert the goals rather than just go close again. Indeed, I mean, I mean that—that's the thought that we need to do. And let me say, like I said, we're all, like I said, all a little bit jaded. We kind of sort of hyped ourselves up a little bit for the game yesterday, and we we believed that we'll talk about it in a bit. We believed to a certain extent that we're not going to go six games out of six against Borough. Didn't go quite according to plan. I mean, we've also got in the house, Mr. Dutchman. How are you doing, the Dutchman? Good evening, Billy. I'm good. Thanks very much, mate. Same with me. A little bit football. Exhausted, really. I'm almost longing for those days where I went to a game on a Saturday and didn't think about the next one till the following Saturday. It's um, it's a bit strange when you're kind of thinking about it and hearing about your club 24/7, isn't it? So, 
Um, it, is, it is indeed, especially at times like this. I suppose you don't mind it so much when you're actually kind of riding high. You're in the playoffs, so like you're in the sort of the, the first two spots of the division. But we're in a sort of bit of a sort of kind of strange position at the moment now. So you know, there's lots to think about. And we've no doubt we'll talk about this on the podcast a little bit later. We've also got Liberal Nick in the house, Mr. Nick Carter. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. I hope everybody else is. Um, yeah, I'm not quite so jaded as, as other people, perhaps because I only had a couple of pints last night. Because um, I, I actually thought that the performance we turned in yesterday was really good um, and we were unlucky to lose. Um, just a shame we should, didn't show the same passion in the cup game on Saturday. That's what disappointed me. That I, I felt worse on Saturday night than I did last night. I mean, again, I mean, I, I understand that to a certain extent because obviously we talked about this last week. We were hoping that we were going to go for a little bit of a cup run and that didn't quite happen as such. But hey, ho, that's where it is. But listen, we're going to talk a little bit about the matches, in particular the Borough match. But let's just have a little listen back to exactly what the fans thought about the matches at the weekend against Walsall and also against Borough as they chatted in the pub. We've got the Walsall men in the house here. You are quite pleased with today's result, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really good result, yeah. The uh, Brentford did play well at the end. I mean, they could have uh, got a few goals, but uh, we, I think our uh, goalie saved us there. He, he's definitely man of the match. I think Mr Driscoll there swapped our kits over. They look like us and we look like them. Uh, the banana skin definitely landed today, so not very happy about it. Just shows you how much we miss tombs in the midfield, that 10 yards box-to-box. We were spending far too much time on the ball, dwelling on it, whereas Toombs just normally moves the ball on quickly. And we got, we just ran into a wall of defenders all the time. So I think we just got what we deserved out of that game, which was nothing. With Walsall, I was impressed, yeah. Um, I, I I think someone said this to me on the way out, so I, and I know they'll listen to this, but um, if that was Dean Smith's legacy at Walsall, then um, you know maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a good thing for the future. Uh, they, they were a good side. They kept the ball moving. In fact, I mean, they, the first half they controlled it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I suspect we had one player that wasn't fit starting the game, which was Maka, and then I'm sure uh, McCracken picked up an injury during that first half, and that obviously didn't help. We, um, but also, yeah, good side. Might be the first year for years that we never scored a goal in a cup competition ever in a season. Straight out of the first hurdle. Hopefully, this will now prove to the powers that be that we don't have a squad that's strong enough you know scratch the surface and and, and it's weaker hopefully that might then mean that Dean Smith uh, gets more of a say uh, and maybe also the the club in general is put under pressure to make some better signings or to play some better systems you know it wasn't such a travesty I thought we had a few decent goes Um, their keeper pulled off two good saves uh, they scored a goal and hit the post and that was all they really offered uh, they flooded the midfield which confused us a bit and I think we, we start, well, the setup we started with wasn't that good I didn't think Mac is a forward looking midfielder I thought you know he better be replaced for Judge isn't going to work um, I mean Woods was okay McEachern was okay uh, but Mac ahead of them didn't really work at all uh, I thought we had some good performances. I thought Swift played really well, um, and the players. I was looking out for their players to see which ones we might like to might like the look of. And uh, Sawyer's is okay. He uh, plays simple balls all over the pitch. Not bad. 
George Davis, I thought, was decent, tidy. But the one I liked was actually the one that scored the goal, uh, Mantum. I don't know what his situation is, but I thought he was good. Uh, the number eight, I, I quite rated him. Simple balls, quite tidy, nice little player. What about Rico Winry, the, the left-back as well? I thought I, I looked at him as well, and I thought he was uh, quite quick, but he was up against Canos, and Canos, I thought, played really well. He was our star in the first half. And uh, Henry was, was decent against him, and I think he might do something decent for us. In the first half, we were the far better team. I thought we had all the game. I thought we had, a, like you say, a couple of chances we should have put away. And the old cliche, if you don't take your chances. But I was disappointed with Borough. I thought last year, Borough, home and away, Borough looked a really class outfit. But I thought this year they weren't half the team they were last year for me. Their goal came from a David Button backhand, backspin punch. But apart from that, I don't think they troubled us at all. I think... I don't know whether we've lost that little bit of the, whether that winning spirit or whether we, I just, you just don't feel like against Walsall and against this game that we're going to get back into it like we used to, I don't know, but we played some quality football and we were definitely unlucky, you know. It was similar in that way, respect to the league game between us at Griffin Park last season. I thought, from my point of view, it was quite an even first half. I know there was a lot of chances for Brentford and um, Dimmy made some very good saves. But also, we looked quite dangerous at times on the break when Nugent went through on a one-on-one on -one -on -one that he should have probably done better. And it was two or three times when we were testing you going, going forward. Second half, the goal was a crazy goal. But it was really interesting, wasn't it, that, the, uh, that, that, that Danny Ayala and your centre-half had tussled just before that. The referee came across and had a word with him. And then Ayala kept spinning around in the box and it seemed to totally unsettle your defence for some reason and an unsettled button in, in goal and then the, the wind caught the ball or whatever it was, it was a, a weird goal Listen, I do think there are aspects of what the way Borough is set up that we could look at I mean um, some steel in the centre midfield is definitely the way forward in this league so Diego Aga I mean you know we'd lose a great chance but I think there might be time to um, say thank you to Rangers and maybe let, let, let Toombs move on um, as long as we can replace him I'll be very sad to see him go, but I do think, I mean, tonight's performance wasn't really in the game. Um, he didn't have anyone alongside him, and we got a little bit out-muscled when, when push came to shove. Um, Centre-halves, actually, I thought um, Harley and Tarkovsky were good tonight, but again, you know, that was a bit of a rare um, performance from them. Clean sheet, really, for them, aside from the button mistake, um, but there might need to be a little change there as well. I think Power League... How Middlesbrough are top is beyond me. Negative football, neg negative results, and let's see what happens towards the end of the season. I'm not happy how they play football. We're not happy how they play football. That's how Moreno lost his job. Uh, the game was absolutely uh, average. I thought it was uh, very, very poor, pedestrian. Brentford probably had the better of the first half. Middlesbrough didn't create very much. In all fairness, neither did Brentford. However, in the second half, did one team deserve to win it? Probably not. A draw was a, probably a fair result. However, your goalkeeper 
chucked us a goal. Normally we play very well, we get some sort of result. Recently we've played very well, Cardiff, Birmingham, you know, today, and we're, we're, not, we're, we're not winning. Is there, is there something about that, that, that old Brentford where we'd always get a result? Is that, is that missing? Well, Cardiff and Birmingham were very different games. C- Cardiff, we didn't play well first half, we played very well second half. Birmingham, we didn't really play well at all, but we should have got, got, got a point out of both of them. Today, Middlesbrough, they just got, Karanka's got the beating of us. It's functional football. You know, I'm sure they play better than this at home. They do play better than this at home. Away from home, they just close it down. It's boring. It's horrible. Um, the only good thing is are the fans, the, 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 the Middlesbrough fans are just solid, mostly. There are one or two scary ones still. <laughs> as we've met, as we met tonight, is one bloke I just met in this pub now. I'm glad I met him tonight, not 20 years ago, because he would have killed me. So there we have it, the thoughts of the fans in the pub after the games. Two games, two losses, one cup loss, one league loss. And we're in a little bit of a predicament now, because yes, we might have been a little bit unlucky against Borough, but still... That's the way things go. Um, we've heard a few comments from the fans, like I said, and, and really interesting because, you know, one person said the fact that they thought that we don't quite have the same kind of comeback power as they thought that we had last season. I mean, Laney, your thoughts on, on, on those two games in particular and, and just Brentford at the moment? Well, there's a lot going on, if, I'm, if, if we're being honest. You know, we're not, at the beginning of the season or, you know, before, in the build-up to Christmas, we, we seem to be having, you know, we, had, we had a sort of a string of results where we, we won we won four games on the, on the trot, didn't we? Um, and there wasn't a lot of distractions. There's, there seems to be a lot of distractions going on. Um, you know, with you know, the transfer windows open, um, there's a new manager coming in, there was, there, was the, uh, the, there was the Warsaw game where there was a bit of a grudge Going on, um, we, we're still we're still spluttering a bit in, in certain positions. We, we haven't got we haven't got the you know the balance of the team perfect yet. Um, we, you know, it's just work in progress. So I think I think you know if you're if you're looking at it from you know are we the finished article and you know can we can we really mount a promotion push? Well, no, I just don't. I, I think we're just. I think we're coming up and sort of. Um, it, it, there's a few kind of obvious home truths being learned all of a sudden that we, we're not quite strong enough, um, and you know, we, it's, this is really you know, we need to get as high in the league as we can, but you know, we're not. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near the playoffs, and I, I think, you know, I think that's 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 kind of what's also a little bit confusing about everything at the moment. There's this kind of a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's interesting as well because I mean we've, we've mentioned this again in the in the post um, Borough podcast. We've scored a lot of goals this season. Like I said, the second highest I think goal scorers in the league, possibly the third highest now after that game, um, which is great for Brentford. And there's the story that we've spread the goals among all the players, so we haven't got one particular player scoring. As long as your team's scoring, that's good. But the problem is that we still have missed a lot of opportunities. And the Borough fans, they came back to us and they said, you know, we think great side play, great football, but ball in the back of the net, that's where it's at. And we, we are and we have missed a lot of opportunities. So we're bringing this whole thing back again. Is that is it about the striker, the strike force? Do we give the guys time? Do we need to bring somebody else in? I mean, what's your thoughts, Dutch? I think I was... I probably changed my mind in the last week. I was of, of the opinion, like uh, a lot of the others, that the goals are coming from other areas of the pitch and therefore, you know, why do we need a striker? But yeah, look, last night at some of the chances missed and you think... Well, you know, we could get those goals from midfield and the goals from a striker as well. 
And maybe that's the difference between us being, you know, in and around the playoffs mid-table or actually pushing forward because, you know, against a team like Middlesbrough, you've got to take your chances and, and we just didn't. And we had, a, you know, two or three in, in the first half where we should have been one or at least two maybe up. And I think, I, I'm not sure, I think our strikers all worked really hard. I think, you know, they've, they've all got potential, but they seem to do most of their best work a long way away from the goal into which we're kicking. You know, you couldn't fault Hoffman on Saturday or Vibe last night or even really either the subs when they came on for work rate, but all, all the good work that they do seems to be somewhere between the 18-yard box and the halfway line. And with one up front, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily bring other people in in the same way. So um, these strikers aren't easy to come on. Let's, we all know that, you know, they're the most expensive commodity out there. We've seen that from the money that we got for Gray. Yeah. Uh, but we ought to be looking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Nick, you were—I say happy is probably not the right word—but you were, you were, you were sort of less sort of down after the Borough match than 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 the rest of us were. I mean, so you obviously saw some rays of lights out there. I mean, your thoughts, Nick? Well, I, I thought I thought we played some good football last night, and and that really was <clears throat> something to be uh, something to be congratulated. And um, I, you know, there is an opportunity for us to for us to go forward on this. I was thinking earlier today. I mean, Bournemouth signed Lewis Graben for seven million, was it um, yesterday? I mean, Bournemouth are desperate for strikers. If you remember when we had Graben on loan, he didn't set the world on fire for us. He did quite well when he went off to Rotherham, was it? I think it was, or some somewhere else. Um, somebody yeah. somebody will know better than me. Um, but I mean, he, you know. Everybody is searching for that elusive centre forward, and I was just uh, sorry. And in the absence of Allard, who's on a ski slope somewhere, I was just looking at some stats as well. Alan Judge has scored ten goals from twenty-four games that he's played for us this season. Jurisin has played twelve games for us this season and scored four goals. Um, Vibe played twenty games and has scored seven goals. So with Jurisin coming back, I actually think. I'm not so worried about the strike force as I might have been if, if Jurisson had been out for the season because I think he is a proven goal scorer, admittedly in a foreign foreign league, but you know uh, he's he he's obviously can can get them in. I reckon Jurisson and Vibe playing together, which is what we saw last night for the first time, and whether that's Dean Smith's plan B, I don't know, but you know he might have to revert to something like that. I'd be interested to see Jurisson and Vibe playing together, and I think there are some goals in those two. I don't think much has really fundamentally changed, though, is there? You know, you go back three fixtures after after we just beat Reading, everything was rosy. You know, we, we, I don't. It's just we've got to look at these three matches and then see what happens in the next three matches. We might start creating. We might. It might be that we start scoring goals from all over the pitch again. So it doesn't it doesn't go from it's working that way, it's stopped, it won't work that way again. It it, it will. We we start we're playing the same kind of football. It's just, you know, we've come up against two really tricky teams. You know, Warsaw we, we thought we might we expect to win, but you know, they're they're arguably a lower a lower championship quality team and they play good stuff. They they they, they wanted it. We were at we fielded a weakened team. So that that could explain the Walsall. Last night we did play well, and we would have beaten most other teams on the night. But for you know the the the, the functional and the, the you know the the, the machine like Borough, um, you know hacking. So I think I think let's, let's see what happens after Burnley. You know we we do we do need um, a couple of new players probably, and we might we might lose a couple. So we we might get the the change and the injection we need. But and I don't I don't I think. 
I think this fatigue has come into this. It's been a really, really strenuous and really, very, you know, the games come back to back all over Christmas. This week hasn't really helped us having, having two, two midweek games um, and, and the Saturday game as well. So it's been a very, very congested schedule and a fixture list. Um, the players must be knackered. Um, and so I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be jumping to too many conclusions like, you know, there's, there's something fundamentally flawed. I think it, I think in after this week's break, so they get a, a slightly longer break now, don't they, until the Preston game. Um, at Preston, they they hopefully would have all their batteries recharged, and you know we could we could have won Friday night, and things are things are back as they were in the build up to Christmas, where you know at Fulham there was nothing no problems, and we just had a leaky defence. We, we didn't have problems creating or scoring scoring goals. Did well at, you know, we did well against um, Huddersfield. We scored a hat four. We could have scored a hat four against MK Dons. So I just kind of look back to the last period. I think we, I think we're all right still. I think we're an exciting team. We just aren't creating as many chances because maybe the players are, you know, a few percent away from their peak because they're just shagged. <laughs> you mentioned Burnley. Interesting. And you also mentioned uh, transfers. And uh, let's talk about Burnley and Trans because obviously the news has come in today that Burnley have also made a bid for Ellen Judge. Uh, Wednesday they made a bid for him earlier and that was knocked back, right back, because it was uh, paltry. Um, we don't want to sell Judge. Um, that's a fact. Um, so you set his price really high and say to everyone, oh, well, if you want him, this is what the price is. And to be honest, you didn't think anyone's going to come in for it. But Burnley have now come in for him. Um, obviously, they've not met the, the, whatever the price will be. And, uh, you know, but... Has this had an effect? We talked about this, but really, has this had an effect on the team? I mean, the two guys were in the side yesterday, both Tarkovsky and Dia Gregor, who both have had sort of a transfer malarkey around them. Dia Gregor, as you know, Rangers um, put in a bid for him, which is very low. Um, I think another team's looking at and sniffing around him as well, from what I can gather. So we didn't expect to see him on the side, but Brentford have just turned around and said, business as usual. There you go, guys. And also for them, you know, they need to be playing and then they need to be playing well whether or not it's for us, who they're contracted to, or whether or not they want to put themselves in the shop window, which we don't want. And uh, But has it, has it affected us? I mean, we talked about this before, but now we've seen these games, and what do you think, Dutch? Um, I mean, it's clearly affected us in some way, but I was really pleased that we played the, you know, the, the, the people that we're talking about last night. I don't think any of them did anything wrong. They were their usual selves, really. You know, Judge was all over the place, not his... Finest, finest game, but still a decent game. Tamani does what he does. You know, Tarkovsky does what he does as well. 90% great and 10%, you know, silly errors. So I, and that certainly didn't affect the way they played, I don't think. Um, I thought the selection was a good positive one, a good positive statement saying, you're our players, you're playing for us. Um, you know, the biggest surprise probably was Sammy Saunders starting uh, on the right, which is something we didn't really expect to see. Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not doing them either. I, I think we played well last night. I'm sick and tired of losing to Borough now. Um, you know, I just hope they get promoted and go up and just get away from it because as, as yeah, they're they're a functional. I wouldn't want to watch that every week, but I'd quite like to be as hard to beat as they are. Um, the... And maybe that's something we won't get with the style of football that we play. And you know, some of the cynicism, Clayton's late tackle just sort of summed it all up. Where it was a, you know, just a. A blatant, I'm going to get booked for this one. Maybe get a red just to save it. And, you know, we, we don't have that sort of cynicism, and you can say that's good. Um, and it makes what we're watching so much more enjoyable, doesn't it? But um, not the way I'd like to see it. But in terms of affecting it, I think it affected the fans more than the players. I thought the team got on with it. Um, I thought we played well. I'm looking forward to Burnley. I think it'll be another good game on Friday. 
Um, and I'm pretty confident that we'll be okay on Friday night. It's interesting you say that, actually, because, again, going back to the post-batch podcast, if you listen to the bit, there was one Burnley fan in particular who, even though they were flying high, top of the league, but he was... Uh, sorry, one Bur- Borough fan, I, ap- I apologise, a Borough fan, he was really, really unhappy with the way that they're playing their football. He thought it was terrible, it was boring, it was functional, and he was like basically saying it's not the right way. He started to mention Man United. Man United fans aren't happy about the way, even if they're winning, if they're not winning the right way. He's become for quite a lot of abuse, both on Twitter and on his uh, their Find Me to the Moon forum as well, about the way that he's approached the team. But I just thought that was quite interesting. I mean, he was quite a... He's quite a character. He's, he's a bit. He's a bit moody, as to be said. But yeah. he was. Uh, he was quite forthright in his view, and he and he, t- he took the um the equivalent of banana, um the, the the borough banana who was in the pub after the game, and he took him aside, and he really, he really laid into him, um just about everything, and we kind of just left him to it. But I mean, Laney, you sort of saw that. You you were quite sort of surprised by that, weren't you? Surprised by him, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, it, we're all different. Our expectations um, of what we want as a fan and what we expect from Brentford overall and this season are all different. You know, the, the one thing we have got in common is we support Brentford. The one thing that's a probably that's the only thing we've all got in common, really. Um, I think we, we see week in week out how some people kind of you know berate. Um, the style, you know, we're not, there's a guy that stands next to me or us we're, we're, and he's just shouting, kick it long, kick it long, get it in the mixer. Um, you know, he, he doesn't see that this is the way we're going to play football going forward. This is, we, we have got a style and we have got a, you know, there's a, there's a mythology to the mythology to what we do. Um, it, it, some, some fans are, or haven't been through the 40 years that we have and they, they are expecting or demanding playoffs or an improvement on last year. Others of us, you know, of course that's what we want, but we're a little bit more patient and we just enjoy Brentford being where they are um, and we're enjoying the moment a little bit more. So it kind of depends where you're coming from um, as, as, is, as to, you know, where we're at as well. You know, I just if, if, we're, if we're just flirting with the, the playoffs for the rest of the season and we're sort of two or three wins away, I'm, I'm quite happy with that, playing really good football. Um, it's all for me personally. This is this is only a personal opinion. For me, it's about getting it better, getting it right next year, giving certain players um, more opportunity, giving them um, some of the some of the ones that just need, do need first team time, um, just just the game time they need to, to develop and get the confidence and get up to speed with this division. It's it's a it's a, it's a brutal brutal division, and the fixture list is is equally brutal. So yeah, as I say, you know. Where we're at kind of depends what your expectations are too. Okay, I've got, I've got a question. Just going back to the transfer window as well, because obviously there's been a massive furore. You know the fact that you know people are going mad. We're selling players. They're going, oh my god, this window. We, we don't know what to do. And you can see it. With, you know, there's almost like sort of kind of like this real feeling within sort of kind of, especially with Brentford fans, just worried we're going to be selling players. We don't know who we're going to buy. If we're going to sell players, we immediately want to know who's coming out next. Who we're going to buy. You know, it's just like almost like it's real panic stations. But it's interesting because looking around other teams in the championship and I've noticed that their fans seem a lot cooler you know you just look at really but they say oh yeah we've sold this player you talk to other fans you know I talk to a lot of guys from the other blogs like that and they're actually sort of quite measured about it yeah it's a transfer window yeah we sold this player he's gone no we're going to bring somebody in and I don't know whether or not because this is actually quite new to us being in the championship 
whether or not we've almost kind of got this kind of newbie panic thing going on because we're not used to the fact that, oh my God, people are coming in and they're bidding for our players, which is bound to happen if you're actually a decent side. Whereas teams like Reading and you know, Sheffield Wednesday probably and, you know, whoever else, Ipswich, you know, it happens to them all the time and they've been in this division for years. And every year they just know if we're playing really well, someone's going to come in for it and we might sell or we might not sell, but we just take it as it comes. I mean, Nick, what are your thoughts? Well, what's, uh, two, two thoughts, one of which if Brentford fans feel um, bad about the way the season's going, um, just, just extend some pity to the Charlton fans because that really is a basket case of a club and, and it shows what foreign ownership can do for you. And why is that? Just explain what's going on down today. Well, next. I mean, Charlton have sacked yet another uh, manager today, have they not? Uh, which is their third this season, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be having. Um, the fans are in um, absolute revolt against what the board and their Belgian owner is doing. Um, they are. I'd like to emphasise also, we just, we actually, me and Lady did a little piece on Charlton. We went down there uh, the 72 review and we actually filmed their protest very early on about sort of two months ago we filmed it which is quite interesting you could have a little look at that but that's interesting but that's actually started to build a little bit now but anyway Nick you were saying yeah and and, and my second point was that I think um, going back to back to the players we have um, I agree with Dutch and people about Judgy who I don't think has been affected by the transfer talk Toombs I have to say I don't think has been that good I mean it could be argued that Toombs was at fault for the goal on Saturday, the Walsall goal on Saturday, by not um, by not tracking back and not 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 getting the players tackle, tackling in. Um, what worries me as a Championship club, though, is how much money we have to spend, how big we are. Did Toombs um, play? Did Toombs Tomb, didn't play against Walsall, did he? No, Toombs didn't play against. Sorry, Walsall, I meant actually. sorry, I meant the Birmingham goal. Sorry, I meant yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. Um, but uh, sorry, going back going back to my bigger point, which is about the. Um, um, spending power that we that we have. Um, what worries me is that w there is a danger that we will continue to be a selling club because given the TV money that's going to go into the Premiership next year, any of the clubs that go down from go down from the Premiership into the Championship will have just so much money that they can hoover up all the best players from whatever clubs they like, including ours, buy them, get pro get promoted. Three will come down, three will go up, and it'll be the same year in, year out. So we're, how competitive the Premiership and the top of the Championship will be in, say, four years' time has got to be a real worry. And I reckon that the league is going to have to start looking about you know, distributing money, about declaring how much is spent on all these transfers. It is a disgrace that we don't know as fans and as businesses how much each player is costing. Undisclosed. Every single transfer fee you see that goes through at the moment is undisclosed. All sorts of rumours abound about how much they might have gone for and the sell-on clauses and whatever. Every, every transfer fee should be registered with the league so, we, so every fan can see just how much you know, some of the big clubs like Burnley are spending, and Sheffield Wednesday for that matter, they are throwing the kitchen sink and their owners' money. In Burnley's case, they're throwing all the money they got from going down from the Premiership. In Sheffield Wednesday's case, they've got a foreign owner who is throwing bucket loads of money in an attempt to get to the Premiership. And quite rightly, I think Matthew Benham has decided that he's not going to compete in that way and is looking for the value. That means that we're going to have seasons like this at which, as Dave says, we've got to allow ourselves time to develop players. 
and I suggest that we'll probably have another good season next season and in two years' time we could be having exactly the same conversation about the bigger clubs coming in and bidding for our successful players. And the, the two-and-a-half-year cycle, as we talked to, uh, to Phil Giles about in the interview last week as the Brentford uh, Director of Football, we're saying that our players seem to last two-and-a-half seasons before somebody else goes and nabs them. But listen, look, good chat here, lads. What we're going to do is that we've got to look forward to the weekend, which isn't too far. Friday night on Sky, we're going to be playing Burnley. But before we actually talk about Burnley, we're going to speak to the Burnley podcast, No, Nay, Never. And they're going to tell us exactly what's going on and why, why, why are they trying to nick all our players and our coaches and our corner flags and, you know, oranges from the cafe and all sorts of stuff from Brentford. Big game Friday, live on the box, Sky TV. Burnley are coming to town. The first time Burnley have been down at Brentford for quite a while. I don't even know the last time Burnley were down there. Must have been, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe even more than that. But anyway, what's been going on in the Burnley camp since we were up there back in August, it was. It's quite a lot been happening there at Burnley and at Brentford. So I thought best way to find out is to speak to Jamie from No Name Never. They're the podcast for Burnley because he'll be able to give us the SP on what's going down. Jamie, how are you doing, mate? Good, thanks, Paul. Yeah, you've been kind of busy at the moment now, sort of, uh, with your fax machines that are kind of sending paperwork to certain clubs like Brentford. Is that right? Yeah, it, it seems to be the way. I mean, the Andre Gray signing took a lot of us by surprise just because I don't think anybody expected us to be spending that sort of money. Um, but it, it seems like we're willing to open the checkbook again, which is, is quite unlike us, really, but... I suppose with the, the riches that are on offer in the Premier League next season, it's a gamble that a lot of clubs are going to feel is worth taking. And Tarkovsky and Judge are certainly among the better players in the league. You can understand why someone chasing promotion like us will be interested in those two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we were chatting about this, you know, like I said on the podcast today. We were just saying that, you know, we're not used to this as Brentford fans because we're not used to sort of people coming, you know, being so good, then all of a sudden people come in and they start bidding money, but good money for your players. I mean, normally we get a decent player. Like I said, we talk about DJ Campbell. You know, he was in our team for two, three or four months and all of a sudden Birmingham came in, offered 500 grand. And went, oh, there you go. You can have him. And it really smashed our seats to the pieces. But now, you know, Andre Gray came and we said, well, if you want him, we're going to set a really high price because we didn't want to sure. sell him. You know, but you paid the money for it. And we're not we're not really used to this vibe. I mean, and, and you probably were in the same position as we were. What you know, definitely, what definitely. you about, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, just tell us about it. It, it is tricky. Because I think you get into that position, and you think you have to accept that your best players are going to get snapped up by not necessarily bigger clubs, but clubs that are just in, in better positions in the league. So I think you're right. I think the key is to get the, the best possible fee, and Brentford seems to be doing that. I think. Um, the eight million that was quoted for Judge, I think, is a bit hopeful, but that's probably a sign of how determined you are to hold on to the player, and, and you should do your best to do that because the only way you can grow is if you can retain your best players and then add to them. If you're constantly having to replace your best players, which is a situation we were in probably ten years ago, then you just never move forward. You're always standing still, and it's difficult. Oh, that's, that's yeah. way to get around it. I feel for Brentford because, like I said, I think only we're in a similar position. And we maybe had a couple of pieces of luck and managed to hold on to a couple of players, but it, it does seem a bit like we've identified Brentford as our feeder club at the moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we're surprised they even come in for the kit man, you know, and they're coming to, to take <laughs> Give us time. Yeah, be. But we, we spoke again, again, we had um, Phil Giles, who's the Brentford sport, uh, director of football, actually. If you check out our podcast from last week, he's got a big transfer on there. And he spoke to us for a good sort of 10, 15 minutes. And we were saying, what about this cycle? You know, what, what about us trying to hold on to players? Isn't it right that we keep on sort of losing players after two or two and a half years? And, and if teams like Burnley keep coming in, all we end up doing is having to find more players and when they get better, we keep selling them and, we, and, and it doesn't move on. And it is quite frustrating for the fans, as to say, because, you know, we look like we're doing all right and the next minute you've got to get used to new team, new players. As people say, they have to go down to the club shop and they have to go and buy another shirt because the one they've had is out of date after six months. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit of a bear. You know? Yeah, I so, think it, it, it is frustrating, but... It, each individual deal is obviously unique, but I think once you get to a situation where a player wants to go, then it's very difficult to hold on to them. Um, we had the same with Jason Chacklin in the summer. He made it quite clear that he wanted to go to Derby, and at that point, you just have to get as much money as you can and move on. Um, I don't know yeah. if Tarkovsky and Judge are, are similar situations, but if they are, then you end up getting stuck in a tug-of-war situation, and they can drag on and really destabilise both clubs. So hopefully... Solution can be found, found one way or another as soon as possible. I think that would be best for both teams. Yeah, and I say, I mean, obviously, fingers crossed. I mean, like I said, you guys, you know, you come in to judge you, you know, and I think looking at your, you know, your form and how you've been going on, obviously, you know, you're one of the big guns. Everyone said, you know, it looks like it might be Burnley and Hull are the, the two teams to go up this season. But obviously, Darby have, you know, put their two pence worth in or more than two pence worth in. They've spent a lot of money and they're up there as well. And you guys look like you're actually dropping a little bit like a rock. You know, your December form wasn't great. You know, you lost quite a few yeah. matches. Um, you know, and, 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 and it wasn't looking great. Do you think that's probably part of the reason why they're thinking, look, you know, this is look, looking out of our, our, our hands now and we need to actually spend some of the money that we've got from your parachute payments to make sure that we actually do get in there? Maybe. I think the plan was always to try and be in the hunt and then maybe add to the squad in January, even though it's traditionally quite a difficult time to do business. Um it's funny you say that December form was so bad because we seem to have really turned it around in the last few weeks. I think we scored something like 16 goals in five games. Gone to Borough and won in the Cup. We've won 4-0 recently. We've won 5-0 recently. So there's a feeling certainly among some of the only fans I've spoken to that it feels like we've turned a corner. Yeah. And it looks like we can really push on in the second half of the season. But I think the best time to add to your squad is when you are doing well rather than when you're struggling because then it feels a bit reactive. Yeah. Like, we're not scoring enough goals, quite and get a striker or a creative player. Whereas at the minute, I think the players that we're looking to add, they wouldn't even necessarily go straight into the team. It would be supplementing the, the squad that we've got and then hopefully they will be able to make a difference as the season goes on. But yeah. I certainly don't think that the panic signings are the likes that some clubs seem to be making. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, like again, Sheffield Wednesday seem to be kind of bidding for everybody, and you know, everyone's yeah, you know, it just seems to be they're available. We'll have them. Yeah, you know, which is a mad one. But also, that's quite interesting you say that as well, because, you know, you're saying that they may not necessarily come in and add to the squad. I mean, one of our questions about Alan Judge is, I mean, he's obviously a very, very important player for us. He's getting picked up, you know, when um, Pritchard left last season, which means that he had to step in, he had to step up and actually step, step his game up, which he really did. He's a number one, one of the number one players, you know, on the team sheet. You know, the first person that will come out is Alan Judge is going to be on the team sheet and he plays week in and week out. So it's interesting that you say that maybe 
Alan Judge might not be necessarily playing week in and week out for you lot because obviously it's competition for places. He's going to Ireland, or he wants to, he's going with Ireland to, to yeah, the Euros. A good point. You know, and he he needs to get first team football week in and week out, and you know, okay, he'll get a bigger paycheck, but is this kind of what he really wants? I think players always back themselves to to go to clubs and get in the team, don't they? That's that's an important consideration. Um, I think from from our point of view, Judge would add a creative spark that we have lacked for much of the season. Although we've been scoring goals against poor teams recently, we had a run earlier in the season where we we couldn't buy a goal, we weren't creating anything for Gray. Um, I think the, the benefit of Judge as well is that he can play in a couple of different positions, kind because he's very versatile to have around yeah. the team. Yeah. Um, but my own my only concern with, with Judge in particular would be I, I don't know if he'd fit into Dice. Sean Dice has got a very rigid framework. He likes his, his wide players to do a lot of running up and down the flanks. I'd rather see a creative player given a bit of time and space and freedom to go and create, but I don't know if we'd do that with Judge. I don't know if he'd fit in with very sort of physical demands that Dash has for his players. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's that's interesting. So I mean I know you like I said you talked about your run and you came up. I mean what what was it with your your terrible run? I know you said that you uh, were creating you know you weren't creating the chances for Gray to score. Um, but what else is it that your December was looking a little bit gloomy? I, I don't think it was ever disastrous. We had a, I can't remember exactly what it was. We, we went three or four without scoring, I think, and maybe four without a win. Um, there was a, a period where we were drawing far too many games, so it was a. I think we went from something like we'd lost one in nine, and then we lost one, and that run from being just one loss in nine that went to suddenly five six without a win. It, it turned around that much. We'd been drawing so many games, but the benefit was that we never seemed to slip away. I think until until. Recently, we've climbed up to fourth. We've been fifth in the league for two, three months. It seems to just be our comfortable little spot in fifth place. So I think every club has the bad little sticky periods, don't they? And it looks like we've come through that now. Yes, I mean, okay. So I mean, and obviously, you had a great win for yourself. I mean, it's an away win down at um, Franchise FC, aka MK Dons, on yep. yeah. Well, it was yesterday actually, it was on the Tuesday night. I mean, again. Is that a sign? I mean, I know we played them a few weeks ago and we beat them 2 0 at home, but to be quite honest with you, I think we hit the bar three times. We missed about three open goals as well, and it really is one of our best performances of the season. We should have beaten them 6 or 7 0. So you've got the confidence. Again, it's really interesting to see whether or not this is a real indicator because franchise aren't the best team in the world, are they? No, absolutely. I think um, when we played them at Tesmo earlier in the season, we beat them 2 1. But really, the gulf between the teams was quite noticeable. It was vast, really. We should have won that game by three or four. I think a better indication of where we're at at the moment was the, the FA Cup game. Um, obviously, Middlesbrough made some changes. We made some changes as well. But I think to go to the top of the league and win, Gray wasn't involved because he'd broken a finger in training. Um, so we went to the best team in the league without our best player and won the game. And I don't think Middlesbrough have conceded. They've conceded like two at home all season, I think. So I think yeah. that was massive for our confidence to be able to go to a team that had beaten us quite comfortably a few weeks before and beat them and get some revenge. Yeah. I think that will take that forward because on the road, we've, we've not really looked at winning games, especially when we go behind. So especially to be able to come from 1-0 down at Middlesbrough to win. 
think that's going to be huge. Brentford's an interesting test for us because our results against teams from the top half of the league haven't been good for a lot of the season. So I think Burnley fans are really looking at Friday night's game as a chance to lay down a, a really good marker. It's all very well and good beating MK down to 5-0, but you've got to beat the other teams that are going to be up there at the end of the season. And I think we'd all consider Brentford to be one of those sides. Okay, so I mean, you're coming down to Brentford. I mean, who should we be looking out for for your team now? Obviously, we know Andre Gray very well, um, but who else is out there? Obviously, Gray's a star man. The only concern we've had over him was that he's not been scoring a lot of goals away from home. I think he'd only got one for us on the road before Tuesday night and get on to when he got another. Um, Sam Volks, his strike partner, seems to be coming into a bit of form. He scored a very good goal on Tuesday night. I think we're quite solid over the park, really. Um, defensively, since we moved to a different back four, um, we haven't conceded a goal in, I think that's now, three or four league games, so we've got quite a tight unit at the back. Starman's Michael Keane, future England international for me, very assured, very comfortable on the ball, also a big threat from set pieces, so look out for him. Okay. The player who's made a difference recently is the right-back, Matt Walton, who came in from Aston Villa for about a million pounds in the summer. He was injured at the start of the season, so he missed quite a lot of football, but he's come into the team recently. Like I say, we've, we've kept a lot of clean sheets in the last few weeks, and Walton's got a couple of goals as well, so he's a threat coming forward from the back. OK, that's interesting. I mean, and Joey I mean, Barton, of course. Everyone knows about Joey Barton. Never, never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Like I said, we, we played Borough, and, uh, you know, again, typical thing. I mean, I know you went up there and you beat them. We played them on Tuesday night, and I'd say the first half, again, it was typical Bradford. We played very, very good football. We actually had them on their toes, Borough. Um, we had two very good chances. We should have been 2-0 up at half-time. I know you, lots of teams say that, but we had two very good chances, and they were on their yeah. toes at half-time. But... Against Borough, if you don't take your chances, they're going to they're going to kill you. And they've got a lucky goal against us in the second half, and they beat us. But I think if you listen to the podcast, which is a bit earlier, where we, the fans in the pub talk about that match, they say that they were actually very, very, very heartened by the way that we play. And I think again, you know, Burnley, you know, we were against Walsall. I think Walsall came down on Saturday, and they really took the game to us. They played some really, really good football, and we put a sort of kind of half B plus side out, and we got done a bit there. So we came back against Borough and everyone was heartened even though we lost. So I think against Burnley, if we can keep that style of football up, you know, we've got obviously Judge, he was back in the side, he was out against Warsaw, he came in as a substitute. We have Diggeraga, who's been um, the the Rangers, Mark Warburton has put in a bid for him and there's a few other teams as well around, I think, who are looking at him. So he was out, there's a little bit of going on with him, but nope, they're all back in the side now. Tarky's back in the side as well, so we've got the players back in, you know, um, very good players doing their thing, so hopefully we'll play that football, and we, we play one style of football, and Dyche knows it, you know, we're attacking football, we, we go out there and we, we attack, we're not we're not sort of sitting back and just, you know, just sitting back on people, so it'll be an exciting game, is what I'll say, so. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it, I've not been to Brentford before, like you said earlier, that we the team that haven't played that much, so we've just not really been in the same league a lot. Um, but I think um, Brentford liking to attack might suit us, actually. We seem to do quite well on the break. Some of the games we've struggled in is when teams have sat deep and sort of pressure yeah. and we've not been able to spring Gray behind. So yeah. I think um, Brentford will obviously be very aware of Gray's threat on the break, but I think that's probably what we'll look to do, we'll look to sit in. Yeah. Certainly yeah. for the first half, try and keep it tight. Maybe need yeah. one on the break and do a classic sort of smash and grab away performance. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So anyway, so a lot of early fans coming down on Saturday because obviously a lot of them they are like a new ground, even though it's on the TV. Are you uh, travelling in numbers? 
Um, I don't know what ticket sales have been like, to be honest, but I think a lot of people have looked forward to it. The Friday night thing might put people off, but you can go one or two ways, can't it? Because it's a chance to have a weekend in London. I suppose it come in, comes in January when people are a bit skint, but tickets are quite reasonable. The chance to go on a terrace, I think, is appealing. It's very appealing for me. I don't think I've ever seen Burnley on a terrace at an away game in the league. Okay. So I'm right. really looking forward to it. It's going to be okay. exciting. I've, I've Sports okay. Club fan who was there on Tuesday night and they said the atmosphere was fantastic as well, so hopefully we can do the same and contribute to a really good atmosphere in front of the Sky cameras and you know, show off both teams. Then not, not too much anyway. So, but anyway, listen, if you check dotted.co.uk as well, because we do like a little pub guide, um, there's pubs obviously around the sound of the ground as well, but there's, there's pubs all over Brentford. There's just like millions of pubs, especially if people are staying over, you know, pubs sure. in Bridge, pubs slightly north of Brentford. So if you do that, there's a whole proper pub guide, probably about 15 pubs in that as well. So besotted.co.uk, just check it out. That'll be, that'll be printed probably on a Friday morning, you know, and they're travelling down. Yeah, so anyway, listen, I've got to ask you, one final thing, you've got to give us a score prediction for the game on Friday. I'm normally quite pessimistic, to be honest, and I certainly haven't predicted a lot of wins for away games, but having seen our goals from Tuesday night when we ripped MK Dons open, OK, they're not a good side, but we've gone to borrow on one as well. I think we've got every chance of making it three away games in a week, which would be a fantastic performance. I think Brentford will score, though. I think our run of clean sheets will come to an end, so I'm going to say 2-1 Burnley. Great to get the winner. Oh, OK. There you go. I've, I've said it's going to be one all, and I'm just being a little bit optimistic. I think for us to get a result against you would be all good. But anyway, Jamie, good chatting to you, mate, and, uh, you know, have yourself a good couple of days. Have a good journey down and uh, on Friday. We may even catch up with you with a pint before we're off the game. Yeah, maybe. I'll give you a shout. Yeah, wicked, man. OK, nice chatting to you. So interesting thoughts for the No Nay Never crew about how they're going to get on at the weekend and why they're trying to nab all our players. Not particularly happy with that, but they've got loads of money from the Premier League from going up and being relegated, but then they get lots of money for that, which is a really strange... You still can't quite get bad around that, getting paid for uh, not being successful, but that's what you know, the league's done. And it's uh, not great for smaller clubs like us, but we have to just deal with it. Guys, Burnley, on Friday, what do you reckon? Are we going to bounce back or is it all over? Um, I reckon it is bounce back. I think it's going to be really tight still. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for 1-0, 2-1. Two, two, um, I'm hoping Andre Gray doesn't come in prolific goal-scoring mode. He comes in, in wasteful mode. So I know, we know he's capable of doing both things. So um, I, hope he's, uh, I hope he's not, not the, uh, the un, undefendable striker. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I've got us down for a win. And then um, we've got a, a kind of a... A, a, a nice little break. We've got a week and a, a week and a day off then, and uh, I think that will hopefully set us up. Nick, I mean, uh, but Burnley look like they're in a little bit of sort of you know Brighton-esque freefall. I mean, they've had a set of results that haven't gone particularly great, so they started to sort of drop away a little bit. But then obviously they had a big comeback. They played the franchise FC, aka MK Dons, <laughs> the other day. Went down to their zone and they absolutely whooped their asses, beating them five nil. So they look like they're back on track again so probably not the best result for them to uh, have got on Tuesday before coming down to Griffin Park was it? No uh, and I mean I wish I could be positive um, but I think Burnley are likely to do what Middlesbrough did to us and play a professional game I'm still not certain that our team are experienced enough as 11 players to understand what that involves and therefore sadly 
I think, and I agree with David, it will be a tight game, but sadly, I think probably a 1-0 or... But, can we just cast our minds back to the game up at Burnley? They, they weren't that good. I mean, we, we were pretty, we were pretty, really average, and but they, although although they've been up there, they, they weren't, they weren't anything great, if I'm being honest with you. So, you know, that they are, whereas Middlesbrough have got our beating because just, they just have, I'm not sure Burnley have got, I don't think they're quite as, uh, I don't think they're quite as prepared for us, so... Uh, I'm more hopeful. I I think I think I I I disagree with that, Dave, because I think that Burnley have grown into this season. I think they thought the championship was too easy um, when when we played them at their place. Um, we weren't good; they were awful. But I they've got better since. Um, we shall see. We shall see. So, do you, should you give us a score prediction in there, please? One nil to one nil, one nil to the Burnley. I'm loyal. And we've got the Dutchman as well. Dutchman, your thoughts on the Burnley coming down. Do you think that we're going to dismantle the Burnley or do you think they're going to dismantle our team and take it back up north with them? I think we're going to dismantle Burnley. I think, you know, we just played the best team in the division yesterday. Most people will say Middlesbrough are the best team. They're not the most exciting, but they're the best. And they'll go up and we, we were the better team for the majority of their game. Um, so I don't see any reason why we should fear Burnley or anybody else. I mean, of course it'll be a tight game, and of course they've got some some good players. But man, so, so have we. You know, we've got lots of good players. Would you a little bit of luck? The cup game, you know, as annoying as it was, there was a whole load of reasons why we just ignore that. Really, we've just had one bad result against a top team where we played very, very well. So I'm certainly not scared of Burnley. Of course it's going to be tight, um, but I fully expect us to bounce back and thrash them one nil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice one, Dutch. And uh, one nil the score prediction for the Dutch and, and myself. Like I said to you, I I think it's going to be tight. I think maybe it's going to be one all. I don't think we're going to lose three games in a row. I think it'll be one all, which will be a good result for us and it'll get us back bouncing again. Uh we're going to wrap it up tonight. I just want to say as well, which is good. We got the game on Friday. Got a little phone call as well today. It was quite a nice, pleasant phone call from Lloyd Arusu, who called yeah. us up. Said, "Billy, I'm back in town." I haven't been over for four years from Australia and I'm coming down to the game on Friday night and uh, he's trying to get a load of the old Brentford players down, you know, possibly Darren Powell. Um, I think he's talking to Marcus Gale. I mean, he, he called us the other day as well, said he, he was down at the game on Tuesday with uh, DJ Campbell. So I think there might be actually quite a few of the old school Brentford players in and around the ground and possibly in and around the pubs as well before and after the game. So, of course, if you do that, you can say hello, you get your photographs, you get your autographs signed, all that kind of stuff. But Lloydie is back. For a few he's been inducted weeks. into the Hall of Fame, Billy, hasn't he? He's been. That's right. Sorry to say that. Lloyd has been, He's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. He's absolutely so made up for it. He was so proud and he was so happy. He rang me up because I've been inducted. It's great. I thought, well, nice one, well, Lloydie. Well, if anybody deserves it, he does. If he anybody does. deserves it, he they does. They do indeed. So, yeah, so check that out. But anyway, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I want to say before that, thanks very much, everybody, for listening in. Um, we've only been going for a year and a bit, but it's built up really, really well. We're getting thousands of you listening each week. Week, believe it or not um, we've even had sort of five figure numbers for some of our podcasts as well which is absolutely amazing so just subscribe and thank you very much for listening and all the comments people come to us in the pub and in the stadium saying how much they enjoy the podcast thank you very much for listening Besotted Pride of West London podcast check it out Besotted Brentford is our YouTube the Besotted is the audio boom is where you can subscribe to the podcast and also we've got videos and we've got a website besotted.co.uk but listen Friday night hopefully things will change for us it's all still bright it's all still positive we'll say in the way that we always say come on on you bees come on you bees come on you bees, come on, you bees. Come on, you bees.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.